1: You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening
2: to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast.
1: Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiki and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Zach and I were just talking uh, before the podcast started. Both of us had a good Thanksgiving as well. Zach is super excited that the Cowboys
2: won. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason, Uh well, not the only reason, but the primary reason today is a good day. Uh Thanksgiving was good, you know. Dallas, it was close, but but they won and it looked good. And not only was the Cowboys game good, we had three really good games, uh, I'd say, yesterday, which yeah. isn't usually the norm. The Bill, not the Bills, you know. I thought it was going to be a much the you know, Bills
1: Lions game, dude. That yeah. was a really good game.
2: It was. I thought it was going to overtime, and I really I wanted it to one. go to overtime, you know, because it would have yeah. let us. We would have segwayed right into dinner. And then you know, just as soon as you're done dinner, the Cowboys game would have been on, and then after that yep. you got the night game. But um, it was all right. I figured the Bills would win. I didn't think it was going to be that close, but it was good. I like to see that the Lions might they might be seeing some light at the end of the woods. I think so, man. I mean they they've been
1: playing really well lately, and uh, this game like they played against a good team, and they, they were coming through with clutch clutch play after clutch play. But you know, at the end of that game, man, like you know. I feel like Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen just pulled something out from within deep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To <laughs> so like come out and get that victory. I feel like, you know, you can see them after the game, like, you know, hugging, right? Cause like I feel like they both knew what it took, yeah, you know, for, out of them to to get that get that win. And Diggs, he was having a rough game. This is you the know, second week
2: some, in a row that happened.
1: Yeah. He had some drops. Uh, but also like I feel like they were really double covering him you in that first yeah. half, especially, um, right. it kind of led to Isaiah McKenzie having a good game because he was left open a bunch of times. Um, you know, he made some good grabs too, but you know, Isaiah McKenzie getting, that, well, I think he had 10 targets in this game. Yeah. Um, not something that you would normally see, you know, uh, but I think it's partly because, you know, they were, they were not going to let Stephon Diggs beat them, but at the end
2: of the day they did. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Josh Allen was doing his best. Patrick Mahomes you know, impression, you know, obviously it wasn't 13 seconds. I think it was 25 seconds, but you know, they're exercising yeah. some demons there on Thanksgiving showing that they can do it too. Uh, yeah. that was obviously the talk, you know, uh, time, there's like 20 some seconds left in a game and the team's getting the ball back. Everyone talks about that. Patrick Mahomes drive. It's like, can they be Patrick Mahomes? And I wasn't expecting them to go right down the field, 36 yard reception, but Josh Allen put it where it needed to be. And, uh yeah, that, that was the game. So, yeah. Good on the Bills for doing that. It's too bad. I wanted the Lions to win just because, you know, I always root for the underdog. But uh, I'm okay with the Bills winning too. Yeah, it's not like I don't like the Bills. The Bills are a very likable team, and, and they're very good. They
1: are likable, and as a Jets fan, I don't want to like them. You know,
2: but <laughs> oh, like, I forgot. what when I, I see,
1: <laughs> but when I see Josh Allen, like I'm a I'm a Stefan Diggs fan too. Yeah, and man. when I see like the way that Josh plays, like he he doesn't care, dude. He's hurt, mm-hmm. you know, but he's just like the way he's getting tackled it was funny like they were interviewing Sean McDermott, and they're like what do you want to see josh allen do better he's like yeah slide <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's no such thing as slide you know if you're playing madden his x button is broken there's no sliding in the 100% in the game. he doesn't have that he yeah. doesn't
1: he doesn't do it um he just like wants to get that extra
2: yard every time i love time. to see it i love watching
1: yeah. The play yeah 100% man um amara st brown dude nine catches on 10 targets for 122 yards and a touchdown in the last 3 games 10 for 119 7 for 76, and now 9 for 122. The dude's a beast. And the best part about St. Brown in PPR is that every single game, like if he's going to have a 100-yard game, it's going to be like 9 catches for 100 yards or 10 catches for 100 yards. Like, you know, it's not like he's giving you 6 for 120. It's nine for 120.
2: <laughs> you know, six it's for like, 120 isn't even bad. Like, there are guys that put up three for 109. No, six yeah. for 120
1: is great, but the point is that, like, those extra three points that he gives you in PPR, because, like, all of oh, his yeah. catches are like for like 10, like, averaging 10 yards. So, like, you know, it's good. Like, you know, in PPR, it's preferred. Um, but he's averaging 10 targets a game over the last five weeks. So, yeah. you know, this dude is a, you know, High end to mid wide receiver one, every single uh, like a mi- he's a mid wide receiver. It sounds he's so a, weird, but yeah. he's a high end to uh to uh mid wide receiver one. I'm just uh, gonna right. Instead I of calling
2: know, the mid, we'll call him solid. Solid, solid wide receiver wide receiver one. One. yeah, solid, yeah. Solid, solid. I, I think that's good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and look at his schedule coming up, too. He's got Jacksonville next week and then Minnesota the week after. Like, oh, you could, Minnesota you could, you could be oh. eating good, you know what I'm saying. Minnesota, <laughs> rubbing your hands together. Minnesota, <laughs> yeah. Minnesota is a great defense to have your players. Dude,
1: go. Minnesota is Swiss cheese, man. Mac Jones almost threw for four hundred yards against them, and he almost got <laughs> that third touchdown. In the he pocket and he should have overturned that Hunter Henry call. Absolutely ridiculous, man. I don't understand that one at <laughs> for all. Me,
2: for me, that's a touchdown. You know, you saw the way he had the ball. His hands hit the ground. and He didn't lose, you know, possession. No. Maybe it popped out afterwards, but isn't it once you the, have control and the, you're over <laughs> the plane? Like, and he had his hand under the ball, too. It's yeah. just like, So that's like, what is so he supposed like, to do? If you have control of the ball and it's over the plane, all you have to do as a ball carrier is break the plane. We've seen that many times where guys just jump Travis over the Kelsey pile. Just yeah, just stick the ball out. That right. was even
1: worse, the Travis Kelsey one, because the ball flew out of his hands when he yeah. hit, the, hit the turf.
2: Right. Uh, yeah, that- I don't... That was a game-changing call too cuz that would have put them up 30-23 presumably yeah. if Nick Folk makes the extra point that would have changed the game. And I I'm not saying I didn't I wouldn't I would expect the Patriots to win then. You know, the Vikings were doing what they wanted on offense too. But um that that was a big call. And I was upset because you know Hunter Hunter Henry nobody had him in the starting lineup. It's not like anybody had him in the starting lineup, but you know, he deserved that touchdown. And Mac Jones, he was playing really well too. So yeah. I, I don't know what that call was about. I had a whole discussion I, with my buddies in a group chat. It, it was just I, I started
1: it. Mac Jones in our league yesterday. And that's you right. Know, yeah, yeah. I was hoping for that. I mean, he had a really good game, but you know, even without that third touchdown, but if he had that third touchdown, he would have had close to a 30 point game and four point passing touchdown scoring. I would have been like, right. oh my goodness, this is amazing. Mac um, Jones
2: was doing his best Jimmy G impression. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it was so funny. I'm gonna bench him next week, though. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> You you called it. You said the matchup was what you wanted, and you were right. So you know, give you some Dude, little pat on the back there. Defense,
1: man. Like you can literally start anybody against them. Like it really yeah. doesn't matter. Just start anybody. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Let's see. DeAndre Swift, man. Still not getting the work we'd like to see. He he saw a small uptick in work. You know, that's mm-hmm. good. But like, it's still not quite there yet. Five carries for 19 yards. Four catches for 24 yards. Um, you know, I think he had like eight targets in this game, which is yeah, legit. 34 um, percent snap share, though. Like I I would not. Depend on Swift if I'm trying to win a championship or make the playoffs. He did get a touchdown nullified in this game where his knee was down. Um, that, that's how Amara and Brown caught the touchdown on fourth down. Yeah, uh, it was on that same drive. Um, but you know, can he be a piece of a championship run? Maybe. You know, but that playing time needs to go up big time right now. You know, the yeah. the good thing is that he out-touched Justin Jackson, twelve to six, and mm. you know. But we still need Justin Jackson to just go away.
2: Yeah, he, he needs to go away. But the thing about DeAndre Swift, you know, he had that two point conversion and kind of salvaged his day. Ten points, you'll take it for what you've been getting from DeAndre Swift because he hasn't been doing much for you at all. So ten points if you've been starting him and you need to start him like me, you'll take it. Yeah, ten, ten points. points
1: without a touchdown. Right. Yeah. So that's 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 not terrible.
2: That yeah, that's okay. So obviously we'd like we'd love to see him get more carries on the ground. Um, but that seems to be Jamal Williams, you know. Backfield at this point in terms of getting the carries. The thing that was encouraging to me that I think could help buoy his value is he was on the field for two-minute snaps pretty much yeah. exclusively. If you watched at the end of the game and heading into halftime, he got all the snaps. It looked like, and he was getting a bunch of targets too. Now he only caught four of eight. If he caught a couple more targets, it would have been a much better day. But um and he had that touchdown nullified, so that that was just too bad. I was sitting there eating my my first course while DeAndre Swift scored that. I was like, yes, and then they called it back. That, <laughs> It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh. It wasn't the best time, right there. It was, but it, it was all right. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't need anymore. But the thing about the Andre Swift, with no, he got the receiving work, which is encouraging. If he can keep that up, uh, I think that you know he could return to fantasy relevance. At this point, yeah. he's a. I, I I'd say with the receiving work right now was a high. What we saw yesterday was a high end RB three performance. That's just me.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how I see it too. Um, and and I'm okay starting him as like a low end RB two. Yeah. Uh, you know just because like he has upside right like moving forward now i'm not i'm not giving up on swift if i have him because i'm not sure like if your trade deadline hasn't passed yet and you're thinking about trading him the only thing about trading him is that i'm not sure what you'll be able to get for him right now and i feel like you'll be selling for pennies on the dollar you know and i just if you can if you can i just rather hold in case it's like a big boost in playing time right at some point like he has 10 days off now f- until his next game yeah A lot unless he was offering what was that
2: a lot could change it's oh a yeah mini buy. You know, for,
1: yeah it's a mini buy yeah and, and unless someone is offering me uh you know a clear upgrade for my team where i'm just like all right well this is going to help me right now you know or you know you you need to make that playoffs in the next two weeks like i can see moving him you know if you still haven't passed the trade deadline but yeah you know I, i'm if i i I prefer not to because he could be like a league winning type of player. It's just so it's a very tough situation and Mm -hmm. people trying to figure that out. Now, I just I just I would say don't trade him for pennies on the dollar. Um, Just if if that's the case, those are the type of offers you're getting. I would just hold, you know, and hopefully his snaps go up big time next week.
2: Yeah, there's no cutting your losses with DeAndre Swift anymore. The losses are way too high. You know, it's just going to be stick with him and see what he can do because we know what he can do. We saw it at the beginning of the season. They've just completely shifted away from him in the ground game. Which I guess makes sense because Jamal Williams, you know, he's not a bad running back. I still think DeAndre Swift is more talented, but, you know, they like Jamal Williams, obviously, there. He's like, you know, one of the heart and soul players of that team and they're going to keep using him. And that's okay. I just wish that it was less of a 80, 20 or 90, 10 on the ground. You know what I'm saying? I wish it was like a a 70, 30 or 65, 35, something like that.
1: It's interesting, though, because they're giving him the rushing, a lot of the rushing work, like in the red zone. Like when they get in the 10 yard line, like near the 10 yard line, they're they're, they're giving the carries to Swift. And he scored, I think, it would have been three straight games with a rushing touchdown. Mm -hmm. I think it was. Um, But yeah. It wasn't. (laughs) By the way, Naheem Hines, four snaps in this game. Don't know what that's about. You still have him, (laughs) drop him. It was all Devin Singletary in the Bills' backfield, 78% of snaps. Uh, James Cook, you know, apparently did not get a big increase this week. No. So, uh, take that for what it is. Now, Very confusing. <laughs> let's look at this Giants-Cowboys game real quick. You know, Saquon, he's in a slump right now. You know, mm-hmm. since that 35-carry game against the Texans, uh, you know, why is Zeke going 16 for 92 for a touchdown, <laughs> but Barkley is going 11 for 39? Um, it, the, the entire Giants offense is centered around Saquon. Right. Yeah. And it's catching up to them right now. It's gonna be it's one of those situations where like, okay, if we stop Saquon, most likely we're gonna win this game. Right. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Right. They don't have what the wide receivers to take take over a game. They don't have a quarterback to take over the game. You know, it's one of those situations where there's just, just stop Saquon. And unfortunately, you know, you might have these type of games with going forward for Saquon. You know, some teams are gonna be stacking the box and they're just gonna be forcing you to throw it, which is what the Cowboys did in this game. And, you know, it kind of sucks. You just wish that Saquon was a lot more involved with the passing game and they can get more creative with him. But that's not really happening.
2: Yeah. Well, Saquon, you know, he had a respectable performance. I mean, 15 points isn't that bad. But when you're the only player on offense, you kind of expect that to be a higher output. Um, yeah. the, You have to consider that going into this game, the Giants, I think they were missing – they were saying they were going to be missing four of their starting offensive yes. linemen. And then yes, they ended up only missing sure. three. But they were really banged up on the offensive line. They had nobody at receiver. Um And Daniel Jones, you know, he's Daniel Jones. You know how I feel about him. So Saquon Barkley, you know, I think he did good for what he was asked to do. I mean, they didn't give him nearly enough touches, I don't think. They only ran him 11 times. And six targets, you know, that's good for any other running back. But when when Saquon Barkley on a Giants offense, you know, you need to get him more involved. Um, yeah. I don't know what happened with Zeke getting 16 carries and going for 92 yards. You just turn back the clock. That red kettle, you know, at the at the end zone. Well, it, it was
1: that big. It was that one big play that he had, right? Like where, yeah. where Dak Dak was going for a, a keeper, mm-hmm. but then he pitched it to Zeke, and Zeke had an open lane. Like yeah. the the defense did not expect them to, him to pitch it out to Zeke, and right. Zeke got the pitch on the right right hash, and he took it for I don't know, I think it was like a 30 yard gain or something like that. Something so, like that. Yeah, yeah um, so that's really what did it for him. But, you know, it's one of those situations where Zeke is going to be turning into Jamal Williams, right? Yeah. Like, it's very possible that happens the rest of the season because he's getting, like, the the dirty yards, like, on the ground. And then, you know, when it comes to the goal line, he's going to get the first crack at it. And the Cowboys' offense is rolling right now. They're scoring points. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be near the goal line a lot, you know? Yeah. So, you know, Cowboys... he's a little bit, he's a little boom bust,
2: but at the end of the day, you know, he he could get it done for you. Yeah. Zeke, I think he has... And this is funny because this is what we were saying coming into the season. But Zeke, he has the floor that you want as an RB2. Tony Pollard is an upside RB2. Tony Pollard Pollard can obviously do much better than Zeke with the ball in his hands. But, you know, he has to get those types of touches. He had 18 carries compared to two targets and receptions yesterday, which I think you need to use Tony Pollard more in the passing game. Um, Obviously, Tony Pollard can run the ball, but Zeke was running good. It's just going to be a hot hand in this backfield, I think. So... You also have to remember that these outputs are a little bit low because Dallas was in a big slump, you know, going in a, into the second half. They had seven points heading into the second half. Um, it was a really bad day for them in the first half. But the second half, they got it together. Um, it, it, it's – CeeDee Lamb looked good, you know. It, it's it's just – they can use so many different players. They're going to be – like you said about Dak Prescott, he distributes the ball. And the Kellen Moore is a very creative uh, play caller. They're never going to dial in on one player. Um, So the upsides are kind of limited in that sense, but they're all going to be solid fans contributors. Ezekiel Elliott, though, I wouldn't expect this on a weekly basis. I think I might go back to Tony Pollard next week. We'll see how that goes.
1: They did have Tony Pollard this week. You know, 20 touches for Pollard. Like, give me that every week. It's just a low performance. Like, if you tell me you're giving Pollard 20 touches, like, I expect them to go off most weeks, right? Yeah, He just didn't in this one. Um, But the usage for Pollard over the last two games with Zeke in the lineup, it makes me very happy for Pollard mm-hmm. moving forward. Right.
2: And it's funny because Dallas offsets that increase in touches for Tony Pollard with goal line carries for Ezekiel Elliott, where both of these guys are going to be, you know, relevant because yeah. Zeke, he's good for a goal line touchdown every week. It It's pretty like. much. So, you know,
1: I, and i would consider Zeke maybe like a borderline RB two most weeks yeah. without buys. And I, I don't expect this type of efficiency for him, right? He's he, like, he averaged more than six yards a carry, yeah. like almost six yards a carry in this game. Um, well, just, but that but that touchdown upside is going to be there like he can be like a poor man's Jamal Williams moving forward.
2: Yeah, just look at the past 4 weeks. He has six touchdowns scored and he's averaged 14 carries a game. So it's like 14 carries about 50 60 yards and a touchdown. That's what yeah. he's good for and we keep seeing that. His his average in fantasy points is right around that 16 point mark, which is actually pretty solid especially considering um Tony Pollard being in that backfield and the games that Tony Pollard has had. You know, he's had Nice days, even with Tony Pollard popping off. So, yeah, the Cowboys' offense is very good. That's why Zeke is relevant at this point. But if it's going to continue yeah. to be that way, you know, you, you, he might be startable.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, let's move to this Vikings Patriots game. Um, Vikings got the win here. Uh, Mac Jones, obviously, we talked about him, almost 400 yards passing. Um, Ramondre, and we talked about the Hunter Henry ridiculous overturned touchdown, but Ramondre split carries with Damian Harris seven to five, uh, but he caught nine of ten targets for 76 yards. Yeah, dude's awesome Eckler out here. All right, <laughs> um, every week getting it done in PPR. Uh, but Damian Harris did get hurt. Uh, I think it was his quad. Uh, so keep it. Do you know where the quad is, Zach?
2: Yes, I know where the quad yeah. is.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it It's an inside joke, guys. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Damian Harris. Uh, you know, he left the game. So keep an eye on that. If he misses time, Ramandre, man. Big time upgrade moving forward. You know, yeah. all the ca- he's gonna get ninety percent of snaps if Damian Harris is out. So he's gonna win people championships pretty much
2: this year. Yeah. Um, you watch from so- Andre <laughs> Stevenson, the carries and yardage. You know, the yards per carry wasn't fantastic, but when he catches the ball out of the backfield, you know he's going crazy. Oh yeah, he, he can really catch a run. You know, he he's just super athletic. He looks really good. Um, we see I kind of see now why you know Bill Belichick is okay with making him the RB1 after all those seasons of not having an RB one, a clear cut. Uh, he looks really good, and it helps that Mac Jones is Mac Jones. You know, he's happy to check it down. Mac Jones in the pocket. If you watch him, he looked good last night. But if you watch him in the pocket, he he's pretty he's pretty cautious about taking any type of hit. So if right. the blitz comes close, he's going down, and that kind of cost him on that hat for the last drive of the half where Not only did Hunter Henry two plays earlier, go out of not go out of bounds for some reason on that one thirty yard catch and run. But then instead of sailing out of the back of the end zone and you know saving a timeout, Mac Jones just slid down in the pocket because the blitz was there. So that was a little bit, you know, questionable. Obviously, you know, he's still a young quarterback. I might have done the same thing. We'll see. But we have that. I brought that discussion up every week about what I might have done. You know, I'm making fun of him for doing this, but Mac Jones. As long as he's checking it down Ramondre Stevenson, that seems to be one of his first reads whenever the pressure's there. Um, that's going to be huge. We saw it last night with 10 targets to Ramondre.
1: No, it, it was a dumb play to not throw that ball away. Just throw yeah. it away.
2: Because you were only ball. at the 10-yard line. Oh, you just yeah. have to chuck it. Just get it out of the back of the end zone. That's all you got to do. Exactly.
1: Um, Someone who couldn't get it done was Dalvin Cook. 22 carries, which is awesome, but only yep. ran for 42 yards, <laughs> which is unbelievable. <laughs> like To limit Cook to that, Like it seems like the Patriots are like, all right, let's limit Dalvin Cook. But was that really the good like the game plan that they wanted to go with? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Like they want to limit him, but you know, the Vikings could obviously air it out, and they did. Right? Jefferson still went ham. Nine for 139 in a touchdown. Thielen went off, nine for sixty one in a touchdown. Hawkinson caught a touchdown too. So, you know, the Vikings can kill you in a lot of different ways. This offense is very dynamic, and the Patriots just couldn't get it done. And this is a good performance by the Vikings, you know, against a good Patriots defense.
2: Yeah, and primetime Kirk did not come out to haunt anybody. You know, it's weird. He actually looked good. So that's kind of been like the Amari Cooper curse, the home away with Kirk Cousins, you know, primetime or not. But the Vikings offense, they turned around and really just worked this week compared to, you know, obviously last week against Dallas where they did nothing. It makes me confused as to how Dallas did that. I, I don't know where that came from, but it looks like that's just a blip on the radar. Vikings offense is good. Justin Jefferson's ridiculous. Adam Thielen, you know, he looked good. I'm not expecting a touchdown from him or 10 targets every week, but you know he yeah. was able to get it done for you that way. I'm still okay with Dalvin Cook. It was a really inefficient performance. He got 22 carries and he had four catches too, that only went for 14 yards. I expect that to go way up the production. You know, like you said about Tony Pollard, if you gave him 20 car- 20 touches, you know you'd expect him to go off. If you give Dalvin Cook 26, 27 opportunities, like no way am I expecting to have 56 scrimmage yards and that's it, not even a touchdown. Right. So if that usage continues, I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, he's had a few good weeks before this. So don't panic on Dalvin Cook. It's not like you're going to sell him. Some people's trade deadlines have already passed, but don't think about not starting him because this Viking o- Vikings offense is very good. And with the defense that they're fielding, they're going to be a lot of high scoring games, which only exactly. means more possessions, more touches, more opportunities for every player, not just Dalvin Cook, but everybody on the offense. And we saw That's that we last want.
1: night. Hey, hell yeah. Um, Jacoby Myers, he picked up a shoulder injury on his first catch, yep. uh, which was an awesome catch. But is he seemed to be limited all game. You know, they limited his playing time to the rest of the game. So, you know, he would have had a big game, I feel like, if that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Because it was a great matchup, too. Uh, but monitor that shoulder injury going into next week. Um, you know, at least he has 10 days of rest. Hopefully, he'll be
0: fine. Um, all right. I think that's it from the games yesterday. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
3: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect
0: role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go into wide receiver rankings. Let's Let's do do it. it. Let's do it.
1: So these were my rankings coming into Thanksgiving Day. I haven't touched them since then. Okay. So We'll see how this looks out. The first thing I noticed was that Chris Olave was way too low. That's yeah, I, I, I
2: thought I had, he was low putting these together. I had him at like
1: 27 or something, like something yeah. really low. So like that's not right.
2: <laughs> I mean, so, now granted, granted, um, they are going against the 49ers. Very which, tough matchup. Yeah, especially with Andy Dalton at quarterback. I don't know how much I trust that, but I don't. You know, they I don't have trust to. It. The Saints have to move the ball just a little bit, and Alvin Kamara's kind of been quiet these past few weeks. Maybe he's yeah. due for a game, but Chris Olave is very good. He could I don't have,
1: love I think, Olave, but well, he no. can be fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, in terms of I love his talent. But the quarterback situation is just no good right now.
1: So Justin Jefferson at one, that worked out. Yep, Tyreek Hill against Houston at number two. Stephon Diggs at three. Uh, he did pretty well. Yep, fantasy wise. Devontae Adams at Seattle at four. Dude's been balling. I feel that he, like that's a really
2: good start this week,
1: dude. The feel like the feel like I feel like Devontae. like the way he the way he did his thing against Denver last week. Like he's on a mission right now.
2: Yeah. To save the three and seven Raiders. I don't think he can do it, but you know, he's gonna do his best. He ain't gonna save for that, but
1: he's gonna save fantasy <laughs> managers, that's for sure. Oh yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. What, what what kind of terror is he on right now? 17 targets, 14 targets, 13 targets the last three weeks, and he's caught 26 of them and he's gone for over 120 yards in each of the past three games, hundred over 140 in each of the past in two of the past three, and he has five touchdowns. Like he's Jeez. leading receivers in touchdowns. I hope this terror continues. And this has been against pretty good defenses. Like Indianapolis isn't anything to sneeze at. Yeah, dude. And Denver, we know Pat Sertan, uh, he was catching a few words from Devontae at the end of the game last week. Yeah. Um, one more matchup against Seattle, who has been all right against receivers, you know. But um, it doesn't the matter. Way, the, the way Devontae Adams is playing, he's, he's <laughs> matchup proof and he's quarterback proof. You know, Derek yeah. Carr, he, he can elevate the play of, of any quarterback that he's with.
1: A.J. Brown, I have him here at number five against Green Bay. He runs most of his routes against Jair Alexander, but Alexander hasn't been great as of late. And right. I don't see Hurts shying away from targeting Brown in Jair's coverage, and quarterbacks aren't really shying away from him, you know, targeting him. They're, they're targeting him at the second highest rate, um, you know, with the, you know, among the three corners that they have, starting corners that they have. So I'm not worried about him at all. So, A.J. Brown, I feel like, you know, without Dallas Goddard there, we saw him and uh, Devontae Smith get a huge target share last week. Um, You know, without in the first game, without Dallas Goddard. And I feel like moving forward, A.J. Brown has a tremendous ceiling.
2: Yeah. I like A.J. Brown every week. He's been quiet the past few weeks. I think last – well, yeah, against Colts he had nine. And then the bad game, the bad, bad game against Washington where I only have one catch, one for seven yards. So, he's due. You know, he's going to do fine just against the Packers. The Packers have not been very good. Um, they look good against my Cowboys and then they're back to being the same old Packers. (laughs) So I I think that this is a good matchup for AJ Brown, especially on Sunday night, you know, Eagles have been good. Um, there's no reason to think that he's not going to be able to do his thing. You're starting him as a wide receiver one, solid wide receiver one, at least with high end wide receiver one upside every week, even against Jair Alexander. Like we said, he hasn't looked like the Jair Alexander we're used to seeing. And yeah, yeah. so, and and he, and he's
1: not shadowing either. So not that it matters. I yeah, would it wouldn't worried.
2: matter with A.J. Yeah. Brown. A.J. Brown's one of those receivers. It doesn't matter if he gets shadowed or not. You know, if he was going yeah. up against, I don't know, who's a good who's a good corner? Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> yeah, I guess. um, if Say he was going up against a guy like Darius Slay, who's on his team. You know, it's not going to matter who shadows him. It's a 50-50. It's, I think it's better than 50-50 with A.J. Brown. You know, you're okay throwing it in him regardless of who's covering him just because he's that kind of talent.
1: CD at number six here. Uh, I'm Rod seven. Should have had him higher. Jalen <laughs> Waddle at eight against Houston. They've given up the least amount of fantasy points to wide receivers over the last eight weeks. Um, tough matchup, but you can't count against count against these Miami receivers. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. You just have to start them, and this is like my confidence in terms of like what is my confidence starting them this week? <laughs> and Jalen Waddle, like you know, he can have that game against any any, any team pretty much. Yeah.
2: Um, just to talk about, you know, you, you just kind of glossed over, on my St. Brown cause we talked about him. Do you think you'll yeah. be moving him up in the rankings moving forward? Like next week, you think he'll be top five four?
1: um, potentially, you in know, a it's, good, tough, be- a good it's match-up. tough because it, yeah, it's tough because, you know, you got JJ, you got Hill, you know, I'm still going to rank digs above him, you know, Devontae. like if he's continuing to be on the tear, you got to rank him above him too. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, you know, the only guy I can see myself putting over him, is maybe Jamar Chase, who I have at nine. Um, you know, yeah. I only have Jamar Chase at nine because he's making his return this week. Uh, you know, it's a good matchup. But like if they limit him a little bit, that's what I'm yeah. a little bit concerned about. Not too concerned because I still have him in my top ten. You know, that's yeah. why I have him lower than I normally would. Uh because it's a but it's a great matchup though. So I'm firing mm. him up. But I can see him maybe beating there. AJ Brown, even, you know, with with Dallas Goddard being out. Um, you know, CD, I'll probably be ranking Amara St. Brown rest of the season over CD. I would say, over over Jalen Waddle maybe. Um, but Waddle, he comes through, man. He gets those two touchdowns sometimes. And, yeah. you know, he has those huge monster games, which is awesome. But, yeah, I'm on Rod. The way he's been playing and the way he's being targeted lately, yeah, you got to. I think he'll be top five.
2: All right. no, that top makes five. sense. Yeah. yeah. And with Jamar Chase, you know, we're kind of moving through the rankings, but at nine, I actually saw a report that they are just going to ease him into the offense, something like that. I'm not sure if that's yeah. going to be – if that's like this it's week awesome. or in practices or if that's going to be in the game. I think even if he's eased in, you know, he's the type of receiver where he can get five or six targets a game and turn that into 100 yards pretty easy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Especially against Tennessee.
1: <laughs> it could easily happen. And you know, with Tennessee, it's like, you know, if they choose to take a wide receiver, it, it, they have so many weapons that, you know, it's going to be tough for them to take wide receivers away. So, Yeah. Um, I have DeAndre Hopkins at 10. Uh, it looks like Collar is back this week. He's going to be back this week, so I moved Hopkins back into the top 10 against the Chargers, who, you know, haven't been great. And this is probably going to be a high-scoring game, too. So, uh fire hop up, you know, Kyler's favorite receiver.
2: Yeah. I don't think there's any reason to not start him. I think he had his first quiet performance of this season, last yeah. week. Um, without Kyler. Predictably, you know, without Kyler Murray, and um, against a good 49ers defense, yeah. it was um, still no reason... a
1: decent game, though. You know, like yeah, he, I think he did all right. Like, if I'm not mistaken, he still had 18 points by his week. standard. It was nine it was for quiet. 91. But from, what, um, from dude, what we look at seen. his look at his games so far this year: ten for 103, twelve for 159, and a touchdown against Seattle in Week Nine. Four for 36. That was a quiet game. And yeah. then he comes out and just goes ten for 98 and nine for 91. The dude is on a mission, man. Like, he's been balling since he yeah. returned. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting him to be a wide receiver one, but he is pretty yeah. much right now.
2: I, I think with Kyler Murray coming back, that could get better, too. There's no reason not yeah. to start him. Um, it, it was interesting to see how he was able to do it with Colt McCoy last week. It's still quiet, like I said, by his stands from what we've seen, but things could be really good down the stretch. He could be – I don't want to call him a league winner because he came back pretty – Relatively early to be called a league winner at this point, but you know if you've been if you're stashing him on your bench, you're extremely happy with what you've seen from him.
1: Amari Cooper moved him up the to respect, number eleven here. Finally, he, he's at home. <laughs> yeah, against Tampa. Listen, if he has a good game at home, this is gonna be hilarious. Like I just yeah. want him to go throughout <laughs> the rest of the season and have only good games when he's at home and only bad games when he's away. And yeah, that would be the best. Like I would love that narrative <laughs> to just continue, um, but you know against Tampa, Tampa isn't you know the best passing defense in the world. I think that you know it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because this game, you know, I, I never know what to expect out of Tampa and their offense. Yeah, uh, but this has the chance to be a high scoring game.
2: I think it can be. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Jacoby Brissett, you know, um, end of starting tenure performance where he just goes off. And then I bet – so Jacoby Brissett could go off, you know, maybe. I could just see this happening. He goes off, and then Deshaun Watson comes back and doesn't play well, and people will be clamoring for Jacoby Brissett to come back in. I could see <laughs> something like that happening. That would be ridiculous. I think Amari Cooper is a very good receiver, and he, like, like we talked about. He's at home, um, so that's good news for him. Uh, I'd like to see him up here at 11. Last week we had him at 20. We moved him up to, like, 14. But he, he's he's been quietly one of the best fantasy receivers outside of consistency. You know, he has been consistent. He's been winning you weeks, so that's all you can really ask for. I, I like Amari Cooper at eleven. And the rest of the season with Deshaun Watson coming back. We'll see how he gets targeted next week. He could potentially move up even higher. Tampa has
1: has given up the sixth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. So he's at home and it's a good matchup. Yeah. Uh, Terry McLaurin at number 12 here at, against Atlanta at home. This is a uh Swiss cheese matchup type of matchup and that's what you want um <laughs> elena has been giving up the ninth most fantasy points uh to uh wide receivers on the perimeter over the last four weeks the eighth most this season so mclaurin has a really really good matchup he's been hyper targeted so fire him up you know i i liked him as a you know wide receiver one last week that didn't really work out so well but i think this week
2: he, he comes through yeah this is the type of matchup you want you know for Jerry mclaurin and the way the commanders have been playing you know there's no reason not to start him it's actually been it's actually been pretty promising what we've seen from taylor heineke and the offense overall um it looks a lot better and terry McLaurin's finally getting those targets that he deserves we talked about that a couple weeks in a row now how carson wentz wasn't really you know targeting terry McLaurin, but now he's getting those targets um i like him as a low end wide receiver one a high end wide receiver two ideally i would like to play him as a wide receiver two in my lineup but if he has to be a wide receiver one sometimes that's the way it works and he has that type of upside to be a wide receiver one He's not going to compete with guys like A.J. Brown. He's not going to compete with guys like Tyreek Hill. But he's going to have a nice enough floor and an attractive enough ceiling to you know kind of warrant wide receiver one consideration moving forward the rest of the season, as long as Taylor Heineke stays healthy.
1: Uh, I have Mike Evans up next here. Uh, Mike Evans also has a pretty good matchup. We talked about this Cleveland-Tampa yeah. matchup. Um, you know, Cleveland has not been good on the perimeter. Mike Evans runs most of his routes on the perimeter, and they've given up the fifth most fantasy points uh, two wide receivers on the perimeter. So Mike Evans has a chance of having a big game. Um, I, you know, I could totally see, you know, moving him up and playing him over Terry McLaurin, you know, pretty easily. Uh, but yeah. McLaurin has just an even better matchup than Evans, and he's been the one hyper-targeted, and Mike Evans also has, you know, Godwin to kind of take some targets away. Uh, but he's been getting it done, you know, for the most part with Brady. They, they're coming off the bye week, and I feel like you know if this is a high-scoring game, Mike Evans can do his thing.
2: Yeah, and does it feel like it's been ages since we've seen the Bucs play for some reason? Maybe <laughs> it really it's because has. they're in a nine thirty game in Germany. You know? Maybe that's why it feels like forever, but it feels like forever. Because I remember we were talking about, oh, how are we gonna rank you know, Rashad Wade and Leonard Fournette when they come back? And now we're sitting here talking about the receivers. I'm like, when was the last time we saw these guys play? This is <laughs> it feels like it's been forever. But Mike Evans, you know, coming off a bye, you know, with Tom Brady at quarterback, I don't feel like they're gonna come out sluggish. I think that the Bucks are gonna be just fine. I'd like a high scoring game between Cleveland and Tampa Bay. That would be great to see. Um Mike Evans—he's been quiet, I think, the past couple of weeks that he has played, um, at least compared to what we're used to seeing from him. But he—he um, he can definitely get it done for it. Tom Brady's a quarterback. He likes throwing it to him. Chris Godwin's been the target magnet. You know, he's been getting most of the targets recently. But Mike Evans—you can't keep—you can't rule out a touchdown, just a, a jump ball, you know, contested catch, touchdown every week. Uh, I think Mike Evans is good, and we haven't seen the consistency as a wide receiver one just yet but as wide receiver two mike evans has been really nice for you in your your lineup and he's going to continue to do
1: that i really like the matchup this week i also like t higgins matchup as well uh against tennessee you know we talked about jamar chase but you know if you look at like the matchups for 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 these guys like on the perimeter tennessee has gotten a little bit better over the last four weeks uh they went from giving up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers um, to give up the eighteenth most in the last four weeks, so yeah. they've definitely improved. However, if you saw what some wide receivers were able to do against Tennessee over the last couple of weeks, um, you're like you know Christian Watson right got the two touchdowns last week. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are situations where Tennessee can give up some points. So you know when you have talents like T Higgins and Jamar Chase, Tennessee has gotten got it done when there's like a clear alpha and they could like kind of take that alpha away. But in this case, if both these guys are playing, it might be a little bit tough, and these both these guys might be able to get it done.
2: Yeah. Especially with Joe Burrow playing and the offense looking much better than it did at the beginning of the season. You know, the Bengals were on a roll. Um, did they have their buy or not? No, they didn't have their buy. They played this. They played the Steelers. That's what it was. Yeah. And, um, they look good there. Yeah. They look good there. So it's pretty much a buy playing Steelers, but you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, the, the Bengals' offense is back to what we want it to be. You know, it's looking like they're getting primed for a playoff run like they had last season. Same record this year at this time as they did last year at this time. So you can't count out the Bengals' offense in any type of game with Joe Burr, quarterback, and these two receivers running routes. Uh, T. Higgins, you know, if Jamar Chase is going to be drawing that coverage, I wouldn't be surprised to see T. Higgins have a good game. And maybe yeah. maybe the Titans figure out a way to lock up both of them and Tyler Boyd, now that both receivers are back ahead of them, after, no, after doing nothing with the opportunity to, you know, get some more targets the past few weeks with Jamar chase out, maybe Tyler Boyd will have his breakout game.
1: <laughs> I can see it happening. Cause the, t- yeah. the Tennessee has given up the eighth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last eight weeks. So yeah. it, it could, it could definitely happen this week with both these guys uh, with all three of these guys healthy um, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have them at 15 and 16. <laughs> I feel like I always have these guys back to back in rankings. Yeah, um, I just prefer Metcalf because of his big playability. Uh Tyle Lockett also has a big playability, but he just like goes down as soon as he catches it. But the Raiders, you know, they're they're a, a bad team on defense. They're not, <laughs> yeah. they're not especially in the secondary, not great. Um, you know, especially in the slot. Like Ty Lockett runs a lot of his routes in the slot. You know, even though I have Metcalf over Ty Lockett, like the matchup actually, you know, is preferential towards Lockett because the Raiders have given up the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Lockett runs a lot of his routes out of the slot. Um, I'll give you the exact number here. So far this year, Tyle Lockett has run about 40% of his routes from the slot. Um, yeah. So, you know, he runs majority on the outside, but runs a good amount in the slot and he can easily, you know, take one, you know, to the house and get a long touchdown against the Raiders. I like them. I like them, these guys this week. and I like Geno Smith um, to potentially throw for, throw for three touchdowns in this game.
2: Yeah. Against the Raiders defense, it's just been atrocious. You know, the re I mean, I'm surprised You'll look at last week and say, oh, well, they held the Broncos to 16 points. Well, that's the Broncos. They haven't been over 18 points in, I don't think, any game but one this season. I'm not sure if that's true. But Broncos' offense has been terrible, so don't give the Raiders too many props for that performance. Otherwise, they've been getting torched. DK Metcalf is a matchup nightmare for any type of corner um, that's going to be covering him. So... And Tyler Lockett, you know, I call him, he's very quarterback friendly. He was with Russell Wilson. He's continued to be that with Geno Smith. Both of these guys are like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are like the same receiver in terms of their production. You know, if they score a touchdown, they're going to be a mid to high wide receiver too. Otherwise, it's low wide receiver too. The floor is there. The ceiling isn't very high, but you know what you're getting with them week in and week out. And that's really all you can ask for from a wide receiver too. And that's where we have him ranked.
1: Uh, Chris Godwin here at 17. Chris Godwin's been getting it done. You know, he's been getting the targets. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) expect that to continue. Now, if you look at what Cleveland has done against wide receivers, they have definitely been better um, defending slot wide receivers this year. There have been some slot wide receivers who've been able to get it done against them. And, you know, Chris Godwin obviously has a talent to be one of those guys. Uh, But so far this year, Cleveland has been one of the best teams against the slot. They've given up the least amount of fantasy points to slot wide receivers. Maybe you temper expectations a little bit on Chris Godwin this week, but you know, you started him. <laughs>
2: you yeah, started you're him. obviously started him. He looked good, you know, going into the bye, too. He caught his first touchdown of the season um, from Tom Brady. So that, that was good news to see. And he only got eight targets compared to, you know, he was averaging, I think, 11 to 12 the first the four weeks before that. But it looks like he's going to continue to be a part of this offense that Tom Brady is looking for each and every week. And if the Buccaneers could be making a playoff run, you know, these receivers might have to turn it up a little bit. And the offense might end up looking better than it has, you know, moving forward. Because right now, what are they? They're five and five. And I think they're atop the NFC South. So if they want to put some distance between them, this offense could, you know, take matters in their own hands and and they could get better. With Tom Brady quarterback, there's always that chance.
1: Maybe I should move this guy ahead of Chris Godwin. Maybe. I feel pretty confident in Keenan Allen this week. Yeah. He he ran around on 74% of dropbacks last week in his first game back. He didn't suffer a setback. That's great. (laughs) That's a low 20... bar to clear,
2: but we got
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> 29% target share, right? Mike Williams is banged up, and he's going up against the Cardinals defense, giving up the six most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. And they've yep. been vulnerable to slot wide receivers all year long. And if you look at what Keenan has done um, this year, in his limited snaps, like he's run a route on 65% of his routes from the slot this season. So... This should be a relatively high-scoring game as well. Preciser has this game at a 50-point total, and they have this finishing as a one-point a one-point game to, to yeah. finish. So that's what we like, close, high-scoring games for maximum fantasy production.
2: Yep. With Keenan Allen, it's clear Justin Herbert was happy to have him back. And obviously he wasn't hyper-utilized, but he was definitely getting the targets. Um you know, it, it's been a while since Herbert's been able to throw to Keenan Allen. So I'm, I'm not surprised that he had a relatively quiet performance last week. But now that they have this week of practice, you know, he should be playing. He should be practicing in full after playing. Well, last week, going against Arizona, who's been a pretty bad defense. I, I think that Keenan Allen's in for a big day. He could return to wide receiver one status. We'll see how that goes. Justin Herbert looked a lot better just having Keenan Allen on the field. That was a big thing. I think that Justin Herbert, I called him a bye, you know, a couple of weeks in a row these past few weeks because going into these playoffs, they have a really good schedule. I think that's going to, you know, hold up. Keenan Allen's going to be there. Uh, Josh Palmer is, looks, suddenly looks like he's going to be a decent compliment to Keenan Allen. Not that he wasn't before, but he showed some upside last week. Um, you'll have to pay attention to him defense will. So I think I think that Keenan Allen, he, he could get back to wide receiver one. Uh, yeah. this, I think this is a conservative ranking, which makes sense. Because think he so. was quiet last week.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, listen, man, he still went over ninety yards. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And like, he just didn't score a touchdown. Pretty much. Like, you know, it was a pretty good performance for his first game back. And they did limit his snaps. So all, yep. you know, that's that's all good. That's what you want, right? It's like, yeah, if they limit his snaps, you still got it done. Now you'll probably be hundred percent playing on every. You're running around on every single drop back. Good matchup. Love it. I love yep. Keenan Allen this week. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's try to speed up through these rankings a little bit. Uh, so we can make it through and take take advantage of our 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 Black Friday. Um, <laughs> Brandon Ayuk at number nineteen against New Orleans. This is a good matchup. New Orleans has been not great uh, against perimeter wide receivers this year. Uh, looking at it right now, they've been better as of late over the last four weeks. Um, but over the last eight weeks, they they've given the set they've given up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. So. They've gotten better, but still, like Brandon Ayuk has been getting it done. Didn't get the targets last week, but two touchdowns. So, yeah, Brandon you is someone like it's like you can't bench bench this guy, right? No. Same thing with Christian Watson. I have him at twenty. It's like this guy scored five touchdowns in the last two games. Like, how do you bench him? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, yep. it, the, the, these types of players, like you know, it's it's hard because how do you reconcile this with guys that you like? You know what I'm saying? Like the guys I have him ranked over. You know, Christian Kirk, Juju, you know, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, Devontae Smith, Chris Olave, Debo Samuel, you know, and like these guys, like you you want to start those guys. But it's really hard to start them against, you know, uh, you know, over guys who've been getting it done lately.
2: Yeah. Well, with Brandon, you know, he, he got a bunch of targets the few weeks where Debo Samuel's out. He still got targets when Debo Samuel came back. And then last week he got two targets and turned them both into touchdowns. You know, yeah. he missed that one touchdown. I forget who was was against the Chargers. Yeah, he missed out one touchdown catch, and that little was, drop, you know, yeah. yeah, that was bad. But then he came back and he made up for it. You know, if he's going to get targeted, he's going to score a touchdown. That's why it was last week. So I, I like Brandon Ayuk. He seems to be a bigger part of this offense last last season. It was Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, hyper targeting, you know, giving Debo Samuel the touches. This time it's Brandon Ayuk's turn. I, I think that he is he. It makes sense to have him over Debo Samuel in rankings, and in Christian Watson, same thing. Aaron Rodgers happy to throw to him, uh, to be throwing to him, and he's really the only weapon they have in the receiving game right now. I mean, Alan Lazard, I guess you could say is there, but Christian Watson's just an athletic freak and he had his coming out party against Dallas. He continued against Tennessee, which is a good defense Um, against Philadelphia. It's another tall task, another tough test to see how he'll perform, but I like it. Uh, I, I like him to, you know, get it done because like we talked about, he's really the only one that's moving the ball downfield and scoring touchdowns for the Packers at this point, Aaron Jones is there and you know, he's capable of doing what he needs to do, but, If you want to get a big play, Christian Watson, I think, is the guy you want to go to. And that's what Aaron Rodgers has been doing. He can win your week like
1: he's been doing, right? Yep. Um, Christian Kirk, I have him here at number 21. Baltimore is much better on the perimeter than they are against slot-wide receivers. So this isn't as bad of a matchup as you might think it is. Baltimore's given up the second most fantasy points to slot-wide receivers this year, the 13th most over the last four weeks, last eight weeks. So it's not terrible. They've been a lot better on the perimeter. So Christian Kirk, fire him up. I'm not so worried about it. I'm worried about the Baltimore defense looking good. Um, and you know, kind of limiting this entire offense. But Christian Kirk, he's been getting it done for you. Continue to start him. Um, Juju, it, you know, it looks like he's gonna be back this week. He got a full practice in. So it looks like he's gonna be out of the concussion protocol. He's gonna be ready to go. And the Rams, you know, they're not really a defense that I really worry about. You know what I'm saying? Like they have been not great. And I think Kansas, I think Mahomes can potentially tear them up at
2: home. Uh, Mahomes so can tear he, anybody up at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, matter.
1: you know, with Juju coming back, Kadarius Tony being hurt, like, he's an afterthought at this point. Um, You know, Juju is going to go back to what he was doing, you know, before yep. uh, before he got concussed.
2: Yeah, he had three really good weeks before he got concussed, you know, in terms of targets and production. Um, You know, 22 points, 25 points, 18 points in PPR. And then he went from five targets to eight targets to 12 targets. He upped his reception total from five, seven to 10 each of the – uh, three weeks he didn't score a touchdown in the third week but before they had two touchdowns back to back and 200 yards games before um, that 12 target 10 catch 88 yard performance so he was doing his thing he looked really good Um, you know before Kadarius Tony came in and you know all the hype was around him because Juju was out but it doesn't look like Kadarius Tony's going to be the guy that we wanted him to be uh, Juju Smith Schuster is going to continue to get it done he's still clearly the wide receiver one there even though I had high hopes for Kadarius Tony I know you did too because he started oh, yeah. him Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Jacoby Myers at number twenty three here. I obviously had you know high hopes for him this week, uh, but he got hurt early, unfortunately, after a really good catch. He would have had a good game, I feel like, yeah. against that cheese defense. Minnesota was terrible <laughs> against slot wide receivers, but whatever. That was yesterday. Yeah. Michael Pittman, I have him at twenty four. Paris Campbell at twenty five. Pittsburgh's defense, you know, they, they come and go. Uh, we'll see what they could do, but yeah, they are not great against wide receivers.
2: No. They're not, and it's funny because you know TJ Watt's back, and I think they had Minka Fitzpatrick too. They had both of them on the field the first first time in a few weeks, or at least maybe the season. I'm not sure. It's been a while though, it's and it's funny because they but they came back and they had one of their worst performances of the season against the Bengals last week. um So we'll see how they do. Like you said, they are come and go. This is a much easier matchup for them. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes. The offensive line for Indianapolis has been shoddy at best.
1: Yeah. Um. Between the two, Paris Campbell has a much better matchup. Michael Pittman on the left side. The Steelers have been decent, um, mm-hmm. on the left side lately. Um. Uh, but the the P- Steelers have been given up the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Tyler Boyd couldn't take advantage of it last week, but hopefully, Paris Campbell can this week. Yeah. Um. Devonte Smith at twenty sixth. Uh. This might be a little bit low for Devontae. It just so happens that I like to I liked a lot of the matchups before him. I feel yeah. like he finishes higher than twenty six this week because of that target share going up, uh, but we'll see. Chris Olave, you know, against San Francisco, who you, st- who, where are you putting Olave here? I have him at twenty seven, which is seems super low.
2: Yeah, like uh, I think it's very low.
1: Look at the guys ahead of him. Who would you start? Don't say Jacoby Myers because he, he he played yesterday. Yeah, I'm not going to say Jacoby
2: Myers. I would put but him besides over,
1: him. Who would you who would you put him over?
2: I put him over Pittman. I put him over Campbell. I put him over Devonte Smith. I would want to put him over Juju Smith schuster but. Patrick Mahomes has made yeah. him fantasy relevant. He's been very good when they play together the past few weeks. So I would kind of slide him in at twenty-three. 24. Would you have started him
1: over Jacoby? Probably, right?
2: Um, I feel like I would have, but Jacoby Myers. I do like Jacoby Myers. Don't get it mixed up. You know, I, I'm yeah. a Jacoby Myers guy. Um, I think so. You would have had
1: him at 23, 24 as a low-end wide receiver, too. Basically. Yeah,
2: that's right. Okay. So where I'm not,
1: I'm not cra- I'm not too far off. Then I'm not like oh, yeah. crazy far. If, if I had to choose between Paris Campbell and Olave, I'm choosing Paris Campbell. Uh, I would choose Pittman, Olave. But... Pittman, I would probably go Olave. I would say, but even All though right. I have, uh, maybe I should have Paris Campbell over Pittman this week because I really like his matchup.
2: It, it might seem very low with Chris Olave having him there, but we talked about you know Andy Dalton going against a 49ers defense It's just, just been uh, crazy in San Francisco.
1: So, it's yeah. just I feel I feel I don't feel great about this situation honestly. Nah. Uh, it makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Debo Samuel at 28, Alan Lazard at 29. Courtland Sutton at 30 um so yes i am starting christian watson over alan lazard are you yeah
2: yeah uh, lazard
1: did get the targets last week and christian watson didn't
2: well lazard has the targets but who's getting the touchdowns like you know Boom. there you go that's the analysis that we need to hear so there's there's <laughs> that's the thing so sometimes you can say oh well is a guy touchdown dependent after he scores five touchdowns in two weeks i wouldn't call that touchdown dependent I think that, you know, he's getting it done anyway. Obviously, the target share hasn't been there like Alan Lazard, but you watch the game, the flow of the game. Christian Watson isn't touchdown dependent. He's a big play machine. Um, You could say Gabe Davis is touchdown dependent. Maybe that's true, but he's also a big play machine. You know, so with that kind of production, you have to rank him over guys who have been consistently getting seven, eight targets a game, but only putting up 10 points. You know, so it's like that's the way it has to be. Alan Lazard is not a ceiling fantasy football player and I wouldn't even call him a floor fantasy football player. I mean, he's got, he's got the targets recently. Not at this point, but he's not there. He's not a very good receiver, you know? Yeah. Obviously Aaron Rodgers was like in love with him. He was like campaigning for him. I think it was a couple of years back, but Alan Lazard, you know, he, he, he's a plug and play, you know, I'm going to call him last resort, but you know, he's definitely not your first choice in your lineup.
1: Cortland Sutton. Um, I have him at 30 here. It looks like judy might not play again this week because he hasn't practiced yet um so we'll see what that looks like uh against carolina it could be a really
2: bad game between denver and carolina because this is a good carolina it it might be the shittiest game i've ever seen bad offense and then a bad bad carolina offense against a good denver defense it could be so low scoring (laughs) like man it's gonna be bad
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue
3: Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
1: All right, let's move into the tight ends real quick. Uh, we're going to go over this quickly all right yeah. so we can get you guys back to your day travis kelsey at number one obviously mark Andrews at number two followed by teacher hodkinson had a decent day yesterday his routes went down just a little bit 75 percent route participation not amazing but you know hopefully that goes back up next week yeah uh, he Pat still turned
2: tar- in a tight end one performance so yeah oh, oh, okay. oh yeah oh yeah. yeah
1: it might even be a top five top six performance yeah then, when it's all said and done he, I mean, and he, tied, with-
2: he tied right up with hunter henry so, they both put up, I think, 15.3 PPR <laughs> well, exactly. Henry so. would have
1: had that second touchdown, man. He should have, yeah. yeah. Pat Firemuth uh, at number four. He's an every week, you know, top five t- tight end. Uh, mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz, you know, caught that caught two touchdowns yesterday, yep. which is awesome. Good for him. Whoever started Dalton Schultz, you had yourself a day. Tyler Higby, his rap participation went way up last week in the first game with our Cooper Cup. He's back at around 90% rap participation against Kansas City. Good matchup. They're going to have to throw the ball. No matter who the quarterback is, I think it's going to be uh, what's his name. I keep forgetting his name. The Price Rams' Berkins. quarterback, Price Berkins. Uh hurt Higby. Start him up. Yeah, just do it. And he's going to be um, a
2: volume-based play. Exactly. <laughs> we know, especially a PPR
1: guy. Yeah. If you're not, know, if you don't play in PPR, maybe you don't start him.
2: Yeah. We know he gets the volume. He's gotten the volume before. He doesn't do much with it, but you know, in terms of catching the ball, if he catches six passes, you're happy because chances are it's going for about fifty yards, and that's eleven points. <laughs> yeah. That's a low Nine, end and one performance. So He catches. 44 yards. That's what I'm saying this week. You see it? Yeah. All (laughs) right. Gerald
1: Everett uh, got him at number seven here. looks like he's going to be good to go this week against Arizona, which is an amazing matchup. So if you have Gerald Everett, make sure you fire him up. Uh, George Kittle against New Orleans. I have him down here because this is a very tough matchup. I know he caught two touchdowns last week. He caught two touchdowns last week, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, But it was against Arizona. So maybe Everett will do that this week. But uh, George Kittle. Very tough matchup. He goes from one of the best matchups to one of the toughest matchups. So, like, I like these other guys over Kittle this week. Um, if you're in a non-PPR, maybe I'll play Kittle over Higby. But in a PPR, mm-hmm. I'm playing Higby over Kittle. Um, then Greg Dulcich at number nine against Carolina. He's he's a good tight end, man. I feel like he's underperforming the last two weeks. But he's getting targeted down the field. He's getting those air yards. I feel like he's going to, at some point, he's going to have a blow-up game. So, yeah. I like Dulcich there. And then Foster Moore at number 10 followed by uh david Njoku at number 11 david Njoku, the reason why i have him so low here is because his routes weren't all the way up last week i think he was only at like 40 percent route participation but he was targeted at a decent rate um right. if he comes back this week at full strength you got to move him up a little bit but this is a good matchup against tampa bay so if you had Njoku, i'm cool firing him up you know maybe over foster moreau but Foster Moreau also has a good matchup against Seattle. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the reason why I like Foster Moreau over Njoku, who's Foster Moreau's running around like 90% of dropbacks. Okay. Yeah. Um, followed he's, by Juwan Johnson. Oh,
2: go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, consider with David Njoku. I wouldn't worry if he has a bad week this week because change is on the way at the quarterback position. David Njoku, if yeah. he's not back this week, you know, maybe next week, um, whatever happens this week might not. You know, stick. you know what though, like or the was
1: doing his thing with with yeah he was set earlier in the year before he got hurt. Um, yeah. and I feel like he was trending up even more. He would have had a higher ceiling uh, if he had if he didn't get hurt because he was on fire. Yeah, he um, was doing good, and he's super yeah. athletic,
2: and we've been waiting for that. You know, his whole <laughs> career. Um, we we loved him as a talent. Obviously, he just hasn't been getting the targets or he hasn't been on the field enough. Um, I think that he could really mesh with the Watson if this offense gets better. You know, he could be a big part of it because he's a really nice big target down the field.
1: Agreed. Um Juwan Johnson at number twelve. Colcom at thirteen against the Jets. Tough matchup. Uh we don't know if Justin Fields is playing this week. Unfortunately. Yeah. We have no idea. We we don't know yet. Um they're but Evan Ingram. Great. Yeah, they're keeping it a secret. Evan Ingram uh against uh Baltimore at number fourteen, followed by Hayden Hurst, Dawson Knox. Uh Dawson Knox, what did he do anything yesterday? Not really. I,
2: right? I saw one catch from him. I didn't yeah, see I don't anything think he did much fancy, yesterday. noteworthy. Yeah. Let's see what he had. Yeah, two catches, 17 yards. Yeah, okay. He's not so, startable. So he, this he rankings is is,
1: rankings came through on Dawson Knox. Tyler Conklin, <laughs> yeah. Cameron Brait, Taysom Hill, and Mike Iseke.
2: Um On this back half of tight end rankings, they're all pretty much lumped into one ranking, just not good.
1: <laughs> okay. Taysom Hill, you might want to move him up just because, like, if you want to just shot in the dark. He had a bunch of carries last week. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Did he out-carry Alec Kamara? I think he did. I really- don't know. I think last week I think
2: I think oh, I remember, yeah, nine it. carries for 52 yards yeah <laughs> I think that might be the case now that I'm looking at it let me see. Yeah, nine carries Hill 52 had nine. yards
1: oh no 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 had 12 for
2: 12 for 42. still he did more with his carries crazy than, crazy yeah
1: all right we're gonna call it here guys uh you know we we hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving enjoy your weekend uh we'll be back I'll be back live on Sunday morning we're gonna be going over uh, a bunch of start sit questions and all that kind of stuff so make sure you tune in if you want the full rankings they're already up on our patreon page you can check the the, the description here and you can click those click 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 the, click the link in the description for the patreon the links will be up the rankings will be up there I can't even talk right now um <laughs> very good we appreciate you guys thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys back on monday with the uh takeaway show all right take it easy bye-bye
0: see you